I love having conversations that just open up things to not just what am I doing, but why am I doing that? And I think that's, you know, that's your guiding system of how you navigate life. Why am I doing this? How is this making a difference? How is this better? It is being on, on equal ground, equal, but in a sense that my voice matters, just as your voice matters, my voice matters too. Welcome to Women's Work, Leadership Conversations for Women. If you're a woman in leadership, then this one's for you. Welcome to Women's Work. I'm Rachel. And I'm Caroline. And this is our first episode. I thought I'd start with sharing a bit on why this podcast started and also why we're working on bite-sized learning for leaders. Mm -hmm. So when I first moved to the Netherlands from South Africa, I'm South African, and I was coaching, uh, of course, on a lot of programs, and I started coaching quite a few women And what I found was after five minutes of working with them, you know, asking a few questions, a lot of them tended to break down. It seemed to be quite a lot of the same patterns and the same pressures that women were facing around who do I speak to? How do I get some support? I'm doing this all alone. I feel like a fake. Mm. No one at my level to be able to, you know, really share my experience and, and I found it quite strange, you know, for, for me, because it continued to happen. And when I coached in South Africa, I, I didn't get the same, the same response. So I, I actually, after six months, I thought, hang on, <laughs> something, something's going on here. What, what is it? And the more I started looking into women, you know, women in leadership and some of the pressures they're having, and especially around Europe, that I, I realized that there's such a need for, for more mentors, women who are mentors, or just even listening to women that have more experience to say, these are the things I've gone through, this is how I've managed it, and also sometimes just sharing it because uh-huh. you know, there's a lot of power in that, right? We don't feel like that's just me. I'm the only one trying to deal with this all by myself. I also wanted to cover a little bit about ourselves so, so people listening can know, get to know us and why, why we passionately believe in women's work and, and educating yeah. and creating a space for women and for men. So I thought maybe, Caroline, if you want to just share a little bit of your background, where you come from, and some of the work you do, and then yeah. we're going to you know, cover a few questions. So I was born in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents are were from the West Indies, from the Caribbean mm-hmm. and South America, so mixed mixed background. And I went to school. I studied psychology, so my degrees are in psychology, uh, clinical psychology, social applied social uh, psychology, and. For a number of years after I finished school, I worked with women. I worked in a, a center for, for women who were dealing with uh, domestic violence, women with their children. And this is where this passion in supporting women 
came. They may not have had degrees. They were extremely intelligent women. But their sense of identity, of who they were, was taken away from them and only defined by their husband. And therefore, there was the struggle. And so for me, that was the work that I wanted to do is, is in supporting supporting women in finding their their feet, finding their strength, finding their voice again. And when I moved to, to Belgium, I started working in, in this whole area of, of executive education and leadership. And I found coaching, executive coaching. And the stories were a little bit different, but some of the some of the themes were the same, you know, in terms of who am I, my, my, why am I doing this work? Uh, <laughs> what is my worth? Yeah. And, 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 and so what I find in this work that I'm doing, it, which is equally powerful as the work that I left behind in, in, in Canada is that commonality, you, you know, that I find in everybody that I work with, which is their humanness, yeah. is that in a sense, what they're trying to connect with is that humanness in organizations, sometimes, you know, that is negated and people fall into a pattern of doing rather than bringing the value of who they are into their work, their, their own values and finding the values how they connect with say an organizational value, values and mission also working with women and helping them deal with the imposter syndrome that they may be dealing with um, and helping them find their truth in the work that they're doing so uh, you know that's that's sort of a, a nutshell and i'm not uh, and there is much more <laughs> that i can say about the work and it, it is around mentoring it is around coaching it is around educating it is around supporting yeah we've got more conversations so we can always unpack it a, a little bit more so just a, a brief mm -hmm. understanding which is great because i know you're from canada but i did not know you had roots from the caribbean for the listeners we've worked as colleagues before and i've always loved your presence and just talking to you it's always seemed that we have so much you know that we share the same perspective I'm from South Africa like I said I grew up also in a very close-knit community in, in Durban and then I moved to Cape Town to complete my psychology degrees as well and initially started with clinical psychology and neuropsychology mm. so I love understanding the brain and really how your brain makes connections and how some things we do impact the way we think about things and also sometimes the way we think about things impact what we do so that's been one of my most fascinating topics and i'm always reading up on it i worked i worked in corporate actually when i did my internship in psychology and i worked in a, an assessment area uh, assessing leaders and assessing people and also developing different tools and then i moved into hr and i, I worked in, in hr management and hr exec within strategy and communication so very different direction than you um 
and and I worked with very senior teams and and a lot of the time I was the youngest I was the only person of color I was the only female and also um. I am quite small so I was the shortest <laughs> so so sometimes it took a lot yeah it took a lot of effort to overcome these barriers so to speak because I remember when I first started, uh, a leader, actually, uh, an older male leader said, oh, did you just come out of school? And I thought, wow, okay. So that was quite a loaded statement of, um, you know, almost questioning what, what value can you add? So it's really hard to overcome those barriers. And, and also, you know, within corporate, seeing the political way in which the game is played, and it really is a game leaders are wearing these masks and trying to overcome things in 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 corporate and and how to navigate it so at some point I thought I'm not made for the political game so then I left and I went into consulting as a psychologist for leadership development assessments and and working as a thought leader for for different HR functions and and then started studying coaching because I used to have one-on-one sessions with leaders or with people that are applying for positions to be promoted to leadership and it's a 45-minute session so in 45 minutes you need to tell someone all their strengths and all their development areas and of course the next question is what do I need to do to develop and in within that 45 minute session, I would try to give as, you know, condense as much information to say, you should be doing this. <laughs> and, um, and it, uh, it was quite difficult because you see the faces of the people going, ah, oh, you know, like really overwhelmed by what they need to be doing. And also sense of dissatisfaction from my side, because I know that's not enough. You know, I can tell you what to do, but it's really, how do you, How do you deepen that level of understanding? How do you work with it to say, this works for me within my personality, within my environment, this comes naturally for me. And you cannot do that in a, in a consulting session um, Mm. because it's not, it's not a checklist. It's not a whole checklist to go, yes, I've done this. You do want it to be a a deeper level of, of transformation. So then I started I studied coaching and then started working in coaching and in leadership and then moved, of course, to Europe. So if you think about it, I mean, I love working with, with male leaders and female leaders. And I think, I think, you know, similar to what you're saying, my uh, focus is on a sense of identity, understanding who you are in terms of your identity and your purpose and how do you unpack that and how do you how do you change the way you interact and how do you deepen your level of yeah your level of interaction your level of self-awareness to be able to be in line with that purpose uh, whether it is female or or male because you know I, I always like to say if if you're doing something with purpose and passion you never work a day in your life and we were talking earlier on about how I am so driven and that's the thing that drives me and I think every single person we hear for a reason and and the purpose the the passion and the sense of identity you know really should be the thing well is the thing actually that gives meaning to our life why are we here what are we meant to do? How do we make the most of our time? Mm, mm. And, and for me, that's the thing of every, 
every interaction, every coaching uh, session or training session, that it's each, each of us have a diverse, a unique gift. And how do we all bring it together to use it to make you know, a richer society, a richer, better world, rather than saying there are the leaders or there are the people that need to do it and I will fit in my box. So, so for me, I think that's the, the reason why I do what I do. I love coaching. Mm-hmm. I love training. I love educating. I love having conversations that just open up things to, to not just what am I doing, but why am I doing this? Yes. And I think that's, that's your guiding system of how you navigate life. Why am I doing this? How is this making a difference? How is this better? And how is it unique? So that's why I do it. And this is why we started the podcast and also with creating something new, because it's not about competition. If we recognize our purpose and we recognize the unique gifts we have within us, it should be about really comparing ourselves with ourselves to say, how are we improving? How are we learning? How are we growing? How are we building relationships? How are we, how are we changing the way we do things so that it's, it's more connected? Hmm. I like that idea that that alignment is, is so important and powerful. Yeah. The sense of alignment, the alignment of, of, of purpose and passion. And I think, you know, in the conversations, it is supporting, you know, supporting leaders, whether they're male or female, in unpacking what is the purpose and, and or what is the what is the passion and the purpose and how do you align with it yeah. so that you can bring the best of yourself forward. And and sometimes what happens is that you know we fall into just doing. Because that's what's expected, and people burn out because they don't find any satisfaction, and so it is maybe having those those conversations or asking those questions that are you in alignment with your your purpose, um, and 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 helping, in, and and sometimes you get that question I don't even know what that is, and that's okay, and helping them to be okay with that, and if they want to figure that out you know okay so then there's a uh, there's a journey there to be had if they are aware of what it is it is supporting them in going deeper or stronger or building on that um, so that they bring the best of themselves to their day-to-day yeah let me see um and i I feel quite quite strongly about that um as as you said you know we're all here for a reason and how do we support each other in, in identifying that, what that is, and being as connected or as much as in alignment with it as possible. Yeah. think that you know in my my experience um in working working with women 
what I find that is, you know, a little bit different, or at least something that sort of comes up from time to time is there's often an issue around their, their values yeah. and, and motivation. And, and sometimes that's a little bit different than say the men that I've worked with, which are, you know, m- driven in a different way. They're, they're, they're looking at um, perhaps their focus is around, you know, the, the financial returns, the, the expectations necessarily from the, probably from the, the organization, um, how they are doing their jobs. Whereas yeah. women tend to, and I don't want to generalize, but I'm just, I'm just feeling and thinking about some of the experiences I have have had working with women, and and women leaders. That it's, they, it's like they have to peel the onion to understand that you know, actually my values are involved here, and in some cases where there's struggle, there seems to be a conflict of value, and and again that's not, uh, it's not a, a standard. Um, for all of the women, but it's it's a theme that some somehow somehow comes up again and again, and that they're working against a particular value. And yeah. sometimes in the coaching sessions, it's uncovering some of what those values are and how they can align themselves a little bit more. That's that's my experience. I can say um, in a nutshell, sometimes with the women that I've been working with. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So so it's quite interesting. In, in terms of how you unpack some of these, um, um, these you know particular challenges, and how you can create something that is more sustainable and more encouraging and more supportive, and I think this this is why I wanted to have a podcast talking about these things because for different women it's different, and sometimes for some women it's the same. And, yes. and it's really talking about, okay, so what are the different topics and how we can support each other, how we can learn from each other and how we can connect more. So, so we have the podcast. We also have the, the website where we're developing bite-sized leadership training for women to be able to go on a regular basis and say, this is something I'm struggling with. Let me learn a little bit more of what I can do. And I'm hoping also, you know, we ha- we're going to have uh, guests coming in as well, sharing the experience and the expertise that, that also will help to connect women to say, I recognize this and I see something that I can do. And also just the, the unpacking of, oh, it's not just me, you know, there's more yes. people going through this. And, and I think that that's powerful and, and it's important. And I think that giving that space to women um you know I, my my inclination is that they will they will you know they will take that opportunity yeah. um and because i think you know this idea of of psychological safety if we are able to create a space where people feel comfortable mm. to to share and to be open about some of their challenges you know it allows people to to give it gives them permission to say okay actually yeah I can identify with that and, and not feel that, you know, maybe that sense of aloneness, which sometimes can contribute to that imposter um, feeling. Um, and so I really love this idea that we're creating this space for, for, for women to be able to connect with maybe what tr- is true for them. Yeah. 
through listening to the dialogue that's that's happening um, and say, okay, yeah, you know, I, I really am not alone. Are there mentors out there? Are there coaches that I can work with? We tend to be um, holistic in nature and therefore um, it's it's not simply my job. It's, it is who I am and, and, and what are the values that I'm holding about myself and therefore how are they being translated into my work. So it's, it's, I think it's, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to create this space as well as listen to the women and what are they asking, what are their questions, so that we can support them in finding the spaces that they can go to um, to get some support or answers to the questions that they have. Yeah, and that's, that's a great point because we aim to make this as interactive as possible. So we want mm. women to be able to send us some questions, send us some of the challenges that they're experiencing. Also, when we have different guests on, that they, they can be some questions related to that that they can answer so it's not just us talking about some things that we think is relevant and also of course if there's more people that want to be on the podcast we're happy for that I think this is a start of a conversation um, Mm -hmm. to build on and say okay so this is where we at these are some of the things we we're dealing with this is what other women have gone through how do we how do we connect a sense of communities um, is is the key here that yes. when I have you know other women going through the same thing sometimes it's just that catharsis of speaking about something and getting mm. it out that makes us feel okay I can talk about it without judgment yes. and I think that also helps to uh, to a sense in terms of in, imposter syndrome for example mm-hmm. I remember you know when we we're talking about imposter syndrome I remember years ago I was speaking to a friend of mine and and I was telling her about people were coming to me for coaching and I, and then they gave like really great feedback and I told her I don't understand why they're so enthusiastic and the feedback is that great it's, it's not exactly rocket science and she turned to me and she said for you it's not rocket science for them it is because you've been studying it all your life and you've been working with it so you know a lot and sometimes you don't realize how much you know and when you Mm. share it with someone they find it valuable but for you you feel like am I even adding any value (laughs) (laughs) so that really stuck with me you know whenever I think about imposter syndrome I always think about that to think you don't know your value because you haven't realized what you have is different from someone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I think that's quite interesting because we, how do we value those differences? You know, yeah. w- in what circumstances are those, those differences honored or respected? Because we tend to live in this, we, you know, we live in a, in a in society that is, is often looking for, things to be homogeneous you know they won't you know anything that's out of the ordinary or different we don't know how to respond to it so then what happens is that we find ourselves trying to fit in and so our uniqueness somehow either gets downplayed we you know we sort of we underplay it we sanitize it and because we want to be accepted we want to be part of the tribe and another thing that i am in, in with a woman leader that i for a number of years that i've spoken to and i've coached 
she found herself dumbing down yeah. uh, presence and, and, you know, her discourse sometimes because, you know, she had, she had been tested as being fairly high IQ. Um, you know, uh, she excelled in school, you know, very bright, etc. And she realized that in order to stay amongst the in crowd, she had to dumb down her presence. And, and I think that that's also an interesting, that's an interesting uh, uh, revelation for a lot of women that realize, some, you know, actually, I, I see how I've done that myself over the years. Just so that people feel comfortable around me, I, I, you know, I don't show up yeah. at, at 100%. And so when I had this conversation with her, I was quite surprised and she realized that she, for, for whatever reason, she, what was more important for her was to fit in. And of course, we know that if we take it back to our ancestral development, being a part within the tribe meant survival. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, it is still a part of our primitive brain to realize that, okay, if I'm not in, where am I? And so for, for, for some, for some, for some women, um, and specifically this one that I was speaking about, who, you know, is a senior, a senior leader in her organization. She's the one that, you know, a lot of people come to and she finds herself struggling with, well, just as you said, you know, but that she doesn't see what she knows as being important. It just is. So in a sense, she downplays it. She says, but of course it's, you know, the, what, whether the questions that they're asking me are so obvious, but they're obvious to her in our conversation. They're obvious to you because you've done the work or you've had the experience or you ask yourself those questions so that you can find the answers. And therefore, because you're sort of, you have maybe an out of the box way of thinking, people do gravitate to you with, some maybe very obvious questions is because they know you're going to have the answer. And because she does, she's created a space where people just come to her. And now she finds herself somewhat overwhelmed with it and asking herself, but wait a minute, what is it that they're not seeing? But yeah. it's because she's holding an awful lot of that experience, wisdom, and her the way of thinking allows her to unpack things maybe very differently than other than others yeah. say. and so she is also dealing with some of this the syndrome herself it's interesting because you mentioned value and it's sometimes our value that we have in question also linked to the fact of societal value so how yeah. does society value women or see the way women should behave and the role women play and it's interesting because we call the podcast women's work because i thought it was mm -hmm. quite controversial especially when when we hear the term women's work that it should be you know housework and looking after the children <laughs> yes, um, yes. and taking care of your man <laughs> that kind of yeah. that kind of thing yeah. Um, yes. when, when actually women's work should be every single piece of work that is available and it should be defined differently. And that's why I like the term because hmm. I think we really should be questioning the value. We should be changing the value. And, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking of 
uh, a statement that an older woman actually told me when I was studying. I was studying and working at the same time and then was going for my honors degree. And she said to me something, which actually quite upset me and disappointed me. She said to me, for someone as pretty as you, I wouldn't have expected you to be intelligent as well. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so I was so shocked by something like that because my mother is all for being courageous and really taking a stand. And it has never been something she's ever said. So this woman that I was working with told me this and I you know I would like to think she meant it as a compliment I took it as an insult because I thought mm. so does it mean you can only be good looking and not intelligent would you say this to a man is that something you would say to a man and and for me I thought that's such a discrepancy in society um, and also for women to say this to a younger woman as if this is the normal way of thinking and it always comes back to me in terms of value society places on you and the pressure that society places to say, you should be here. That's yeah. your role. And, yeah. and because women are trying to fit in or, you know, you have the pressure to say that's your only value, that there's so much pressure in society for women to actually step out of the box and think differently or even behave differently and 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 what you know what are the responses that people say to you how do they behave when you don't fit in that box fit in. yeah and, and, yeah and i think there you you have the example the unfortunate example is that when you don't fit in you know you get the comment you you yeah. get those comments and and i think that that's you, 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 you can respond in, in many different ways. And it's interesting. It's interesting that you, that you say, it, it, you, you, it, was it a compliment? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It is, it is, it is so interesting um, because we can respond in so many different ways. And the, the, the question that you, the other question you have, would she say something like that to a man? Yes. It is interesting because I saw, an anecdote, something that I saw recently where you had uh, interviews with um, some of, you know, fairly well-known actresses yeah. that pushed back, that pushed back on questions like that. You know, there was a, yeah. a one of the, a, a British actress, Kira Knightley, um, she had a child. I mean, now it, I guess that the, the interview was quite a while ago, but one of the interviewers said to her, so, how has your life changed since you've had a child? And she said to him, so are you going to ask the men that as well? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought, good on you. Because why is she getting that type of question? Yeah. You know, it, and, and it's, it makes an assumption that because she's had, she, you know, she's given birth, that something has got to change, or we make an assumption, we can ask that question to a woman, but we, a guy may have had, a, his wife may have a child, or they may have had a child, but they don't necessarily ask those questions, the same question, a similar question, or silly question that was asked to, um, what's her name, um, Scarlett Johansson, he said, so the guy said to her, you know, you were wearing such a tight outfit, do you wear underwear under that, and she oh, looked wow. at him and said, she she looked at him and said, are you going to ask, because she was sitting next to her co-star, are you going to ask him the same question? Yeah. So where, why do you ask such a question? Yeah. So, so we do have a standard 
you know, we do have a standard for women, even in 2020. We do make assumptions that, you know, women have a particular role or a different way of being. And therefore, we, because we see them differently, we can ask and make assumptions about them that are yeah. very, very different than women. I, I normally advocate for, for women and inequality for women. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had a few male friends or colleagues that have said to me, oh, so you hate men. And I said, believing in inequality for women does not immediately mean that I hate men. So for me, it was quite a strange link to say, well, mm-hmm. all feminists hate men. Well, yeah. <laughs> not all feminists are the same. And and if that's the meaning of feminist, then I would rather not be label myself a feminist. But I believe in equality. And I believe mm. that whether you're male or female, we, we have different values. We have different personalities. We have uniqueness that we bring in that actually needs to be honored. And it actually can, can help improve society. So I, I think when you have women, for example, in boardrooms, they bring a different dynamic, but they should not be fitting in to say, Mm. okay, so I'm going to have this masculine way of interacting with people, but actually how do I embrace my power and the feminine aspect of uh, who I am to bring in the softness, to bring in this, the gentleness, the patience and the way we would handle something because women, women are relational. And, yes. and again, we talk in, gen, you know, in, in a generalized, generalized. way. Yeah. It doesn't mean that all women are <laughs> relational or men are. But women are socialized, you know, as children, we socialize to be more relational. So how do we bring in that relational side? And how does that help also the men in, in the room to be able to interact in a different way. I mean, I've sat in, 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 in meetings and once I've sat in a, in a board meeting for my, for my boss who was the strategy director and he couldn't make it. And at one point I actually thought I would like to hide it under the table because it was so aggressive. And there was a woman who was also there and she had been there a while and she was so masculine in her approach that I thought this is, this is really not pleasant to be in. And this is a board mm-hmm. meeting that I had told my boss, I don't think I ever want to be there because it was so aggressive. And they were saying really bad comments about each other. How is this productive for, for meeting? And I thought, <laughs> what, if, what if more women were there? How could you bring in a different way of interacting, for example? Well, what strikes me in what you just said, Rachel, was you know the woman that was there sort of participated in the... the the way of of relating yeah. you know she 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 was buying into or almost it's it's, it's a, it feels like almost a performance it's like in order to be accepted this these are the rules and therefore i'm going to play by those rules and and it and i find that really sad yeah. and to to your point i think that we we need to allow our uniqueness to come through so that we also give permission for other people's uniqueness to come through and and that that is that is society we don't live in a homogeneous society and therefore how do we give ourselves that space to be ourselves and allow ourselves our gifts to actually contribute rather than 
cut them off so that we think that we fit in. And therefore, what ends up happening is that everybody's playing the same game in the same way, yeah. as it sounded. Whatever, it was the loudness and the shouting and, and the aggressiveness that, that was the rule in, in, in that space that you just described. Rather than maybe if you felt comfortable enough or you felt that there was that safety to be yourself just to say, hey, maybe there's another way. Yeah. But if that safety is not there, then of course we're not, we'll never speak out. We will never take our, our space. And therefore we end up in a, in a way of trying to fit in, cutting off parts of ourselves and then find ourselves 10, 20 years later, we don't even recognize who we are, but exactly. maybe we've become successful in that organization but in spite of who we really are. And then these are the, these are some, unfortunately the people that may struggle with, okay, so who am I and what am I doing? Actually, they've lost touch with that, that sense of, of who they are. And therefore, and what can happen also as a result of that is that your femininity will, or I don't even want to use that word, but who you are will be challenged sometimes by that group yeah. if you try to step up you might get challenged yeah you know um and be and and be considered emotional his you know the terms that are bossy are boss whatever you yeah. know these are the terms that that unfortunately get women get labeled when they decide or choose to use their voice yeah. yeah. And I think this is one of the things because I went through a journey of when I started this and it was three years ago personally and I wanted to focus just on women and the more I spoke to people actually because I work with a lot of male leaders as well and I did say okay I'm developing something for women and a lot of male leaders said well what about us and and initially I thought well there's plenty of things you have for, for male leaders the whole world seems to be geared towards male leadership and I thought about it the more I thought about it the more I realized you know you cannot just cater to just female leaders and that's why you know we will have some male leaders or mm -hmm. uh, male experts you know also involved because I feel mm -hmm. like it's an education um, it's a space for women and it's an education also for men okay. to say what do I need to do differently what is the role I can play in my environment so that I have a space for women that I, I can showcase the value that women bring. And also how does that help me as a male leader? Because the, the pressure in a male dominated team is that it, it tends to be quite high. There's a lot of competition. Sometimes it, it, it ends up being just too skewed because you don't have the feminine side of saying, okay, how do you feel? Are we doing the right thing? Where are our values when we're doing this? What are we really looking for? And, and I particularly like the, the paradox of go slow in order to go fast. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. so how can we bring that in? And when I've seen lots of conversations where people are saying, yeah, let's push ahead. Let's get to the deadline. And sometimes you just need to pause and say, mm -hmm. what are we doing? How does this impact different people how does this impact society for example and and this is something that I, I think of 
the saying, when one rises, we all rise. Um, And this is very important for women because women, of course, they play a a major role with bringing up the children, although I think that should be changing. But what are we teaching the next generation through our role modeling? And and that's why it's important to bring men on this conversation. You know, I had a a female leader that was working in a male-dominated world and we were working with her. And she said, as one woman in a in an entire boardroom of men, it's very hard for me to change the dynamic. Yeah. They also need to get some education of what is okay, what is not okay. Yeah. And and I think that's important for society and that's important for how do we build leaders to be able to not just focus on the bottom line, but creating something that is better, that is richer, that is more valuable and more sustainable. Well, I, I think, you know, and, and this is, is a really wonderful point that you're making there. And as I was listening to you, I was thinking, so let me just step back. I think I agree with you 100%. I think that men need to be involved here for just for that parity and just that we have the different viewpoints. And it's also a space to educate men and women yeah, and ourselves, of course. And I think that one thing that is important is to help us to uncover our unconscious biases that we may have. Exactly. You know, there's so, I mean, and we look at the situation that we're going through right now with the Black Lives Matter is that we have to pause, you know, and I agree, slow down to speed up, but we need to definitely slow down. And we're in this, in the midst of COVID that is essentially telling us to slow down and if we can allow ourselves to slow down and look at what are some of the biases that I may be holding, what are, what are, what are some of the thoughts or opinions or ideas or judgments that I may have against a group of people, yeah. even, again, even within myself. And so it's there we change the discourse it's if we able to slow down and say okay what exactly are we talking about here and and how am i actually thinking about these people you know this person or these people or her or him how am i you know what are some of the 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 judgments that i may be holding and do i allow myself the space to unpack and even challenge myself to say you know, maybe I've been holding a particular bias unconsciously over over a period of time, and it is having an impact on the way I see and treat people. Yeah, or certain people. You know, this this for me would be I would be very happy with how we are conducting this work. Is that if it allows somebody to stop and reflect and gain some insight into what are some of the thoughts that I'm holding about myself or others and what are some of the changes that I may need to make in order to make me more effective yeah. as a leader. For me, then, you know, a, a big piece of my work has been done. Yeah. And, and it's so important, especially with Black Lives Matters and with racism or even you know um uh gender equality 
mm-hmm. um, or you know, there's so many different uh, topics on that, that, that we all have biases. We've all been brought up in a culture that has biases and there's unconscious biases that we've, we've gained through mm-hmm. exposure to something. And I think, you know, one of the things I find the most valuable with coaching is actually stopping and saying, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you realize you have it? So, yes. so realizing you have it, you know, of course there's lots of feelings of guilt, um, of denial of all kinds of things that come up. But yes. actually sitting with it and saying, okay, so uh, this, is, this is okay that I, you know, recognizing it and having some guilt around it and then getting to a place of saying, what am I going to do about it? Yes. Because I think that's an important thing um, with unconscious bias or even confirmation bias where, you know, we believe something and we continue to look for evidence that supports, mm. you know, what we believe. So if I believe women are, um, you know, should actually be at home looking after the children, that mm-hmm. I look for, you know, one piece of evidence somewhere in one of the women, you know, that I work with and I go, oh yeah, that's why, you know. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> or, or actually I find quite interesting also because I found in Europe it tends to be very competitive, that there's a mm. lot of comparison. And I've, some, I've had people try to compare me with someone else and I've been quite surprised by it because my personal value is not to compare me with another female because I feel like we all have different values. And, and for me, that's not even on my mind, but mm. because someone else is saying you should be comparing yourself with where are you in line with someone else? That's also yeah. a bias. And there's also something we have to be aware of and constantly come back to ourselves to say, hang on, am I dissatisfied because someone else has achieved this or someone else is a different personality rather Mm. than coming back and being, uh, you know, what am I achieving and how am I comparing myself to myself, you know, in different stages in my life and, um, and not getting hooked onto what other people in society is always questioning you or asking you or comparing because I think that also brings in a, a different way for women where it's, it's, it tends to be too, too competitive and not really saying, hey, we're all in, a, in this together. How can I support you? How can we work together? How can we get somewhere without feeling like I am trying to keep you out? You know, you, you've mm, got a bit of the mm. queen, queen bee syndrome. Bee. You know, if, yeah. if you're the first person in there, you try, you know, as a female, you tr- they try to keep other women out and it's also how do I get to grips with that when you're looking at for example bias and and comparison and you know how I'm interacting with other people so it's the slowing down to say hey do any of these things resonate with me and Mm. what parts do I need to work work on absolutely absolutely I 100% with with what you're saying there Rachel I think that Feminism, I don't equate feminism with hating men. I, feminism for me is, it's about having a voice. It is about recognition. It is about not allowing myself to be oppressed. It is being on, on equal ground, but, and, and not even equal, but in a sense that 
my voice matters just as your voice matters my voice matters too we may disagree but i do have a space that i can say what i what i what is on my heart and that we can respect that even if there's a difference there yeah um, yeah so so you know this this for me is 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 powerful and this is a space of power for me and this is why i do this work and this is why i want to support women and men uh mm. in that in this journey yeah this is women's work so i want to maybe go on to just a few questions and i think the the one question i would like to ask you is what advice would you give your younger self? Hmm. I think that's a, it's a beautiful question. I think, oh, wow. You know, there's, there's, there's a couple of things I think I would say, you know, is it's going to be okay. Mm. <laughs> you know, you're okay. You're okay. The first one would be that you're okay. And that's important. That's important on a psychological level, you know, because we've all been through so many things and we are dealing with guilt and shame and a lot of things, you know, I should have done this differently. I should have. And I think it's what would be really powerful is to say that it's okay. Yeah. And that you're okay. And, and it will be okay. <laughs> you know, uh, th there's, there's something in, in that area for me. And I can go deeper on, 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 a, on a deeper level because as a psychologist, I do deal with, I do, I do work with people who are dealing with trauma. And, and, and so I, I need to acknowledge that part of, us that is struggling maybe struggling with whatever it is that we're going through as if you say go back to my younger self that whatever that i might have been struggling with that it is okay you are you are okay and it will be okay yeah and to give myself that space that i may not have felt that i had so that space where i don't feel like i need to fit in or that space where i feel i don't feel like i need to um follow the crowd or succumb to peer pressures or whatever that looked like even though i was quite rebellious <laughs> um that it's okay to be who you are and if anything is to delve deeper into discovering who I am, you know, use that time to really get more clarity on, on you rather than the, you know, the environments that I'm in, like trying to fit in or, or is this okay? It's really about getting clear on what's important to you. So the, the passion, the, 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 you know, what's going to make your heart sing you know, who do you, who can you connect with that can support you in becoming the woman that you want to become, getting clearer on that. You know, those are some of the things that I would say to 
my my younger self yeah and it's so you good. are okay you are perfect just as you are i love that statement i think yeah. i think we don't especially as women and especially as young women when you're growing up or girls the the media and social media does not give that message you are perfect just the way you are yeah. and i i even find even you know as you grow yeah. older that the pressure for women is is quite high from my side the advice i would give is to be more courageous i've often felt like in society that men are speaking and it seems to be that their voice carries more weight or they tend to speak more and and a lot of times you think okay well should i be speaking do i have the space for it can i speak up and and definitely for my younger self to to be more courageous to speak out about the things that matter and i think this is the thing for women is that your voice carries weight and your voice matters and it adds again to the richness mm-hmm. um so for me i've often thought do should i be speaking out is this the right forum do i have enough knowledge to be able to be talking about something and and i remember a friend of mine when i was doing my internship he told me i think probably every day that i saw him he used to tell me you're not just a psychologist you're a leader you're more than that and every single day he said it to me i did quite get it because i was like no but i'm trained as a psychologist <laughs> and and he would try to encourage me to speak up in different forums and different meetings and and every single time he said it you're a leader you're more than just a psychologist you're more than that you you have more to bring to the world and it took me it took me a lot of years to finally get it um mm. <laughs> which which for me i thought <laughs> when he said it i was i was thinking he he does not get me <laughs> and i don't understand why you're saying this and and a few times i've had a bit of a uh uh you know discussion around it and i think that was quite a key thing because he saw something within me that he he called out you know he called out the yeah. goal and i yeah. i really like that you know how can we do that for other people and and that's what i like to do now because i've seen the value of someone encouraging me to speak out and and i think that's one of the things i want women that are listening to this podcast to be able to say i have a gift within me and and i want to be able to use it i want to be able to bring it into the world because the world needs it and you know what you're saying also reminds me of of uh, brene brown's book daring greatly yeah you know it's it's book. you know it's it is giving giving you know ourselves and others this opportunity to dare greatly because your life your voice matters you matter your voice matters you know mm-hmm. dare greatly being courageous as she says you know it comes from the root word cœur yeah uh, the heart so you're you're you are coming forth with your whole heart you know it's not bravery you know which is very very different 
it's 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 coming with the whole of you it's using your heart in 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 what you're doing and there's in in a sense there's a certain amount of vulnerability in that yeah it gives us it gives us such a sense of of power at the same time because we've been we've allowed ourselves to be to be who we truly are and that's a great way to end our conversation is really daring greatly being courageous stepping up supporting each other and and what arises out of the space that we have for yeah. you and I I think definitely for the listeners that is that is the goal and and what happens as we rise up to be courageous what what happens when we rise up to start looking at ourselves and our biases mm. and the way mm. we show up in the world I really think of the ripple effect of how does that influence my families our work our society it's really encouraging when you think about it this podcast is brought to you by dynamicatwork.com head over to our website for more information and resources dynamic at work we connect and grow leaders Thank you for joining us this week on Women's Work. If you found value in this conversation, share with a friend. Remember to click on the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode. And we'll see you next time.